Hello everybody, a very good morning to all of you. Welcome to the second in the series of our Generative AI Fireside Chat Sessions. I'm Sriram Chakravarti, CTO and Founder at Avamo. Generative AI, GPT-3, well, it's GPT-4 now, and large language models have taken the world by storm. The last couple of months, I've, you know, I've talked to 50 plus enterprise customers, and it's no doubt that the rapid advances that these technologies are making and the potential to revolutionize many aspects of employee and customer experience have caused significant excitement among enterprises. So what we wanted to do in the series of fireside chats is we wanted to talk to some of the leading experts across healthcare, retail, manufacturing, financial services, and so on, to see how they are thinking about adopting this technology and also weigh this against the backdrop of enterprise security, compliance, content copyright, and privacy. So today's topic of discussion is really interesting. It's all about can chat GPT or large language models complete the enterprise CIO's security questionnaire? So as all of you know, SOC 2, SOC 3, HIPAA, GDPR, these are very critical for any enterprise vendors to look at before they would approve the use of the technology in enterprise use cases. So how is the CIO's office tackling the internal pull from various groups looking to deploy GPT and other LLMs against these kinds of security requirements? So for this session, we are really excited to bring two seasoned enterprise leaders to discuss this topic. Our first panelist today is Sarwan Singh. He is the Vice President, Data and Emerging Technologies at Penske Transportation Solutions. Sarwan has 25 years of progressive success in leading global digital, business transformation and manufacturing, transportation industries, which fortune for Fortune 200 companies. And Sarwan has extensive background in creating and executing strategies in digital, IoT, AI, ML, blockchain, analytics, conversational AI, and data management, with a focus on delivering top and bottom line improvements. And Servant has been leading the charge for automating customer journeys as well as employees' journeys via conversational AI at Penske. Welcome to this session, Servant. Great to have you on. Thank you. Excited to be here. Great. Our next panelist is uh, Bonnie Dallum from Cargill. She is the lead for intelligent automation platform and center of excellence at Cargill. She's a Six Sigma back belt with a 10 plus years experience in process optimization. IT audit, analytics, and technology. She leads the efforts to identify process candidates for automation, provides process mappings, finds opportunities for process optimization, and recommended automation solutions. She has 10 plus years managing teams and projects in a matrix environment. Welcome, Bonnie. Great to have you on. Thank you very much, Sri Ram. It's nice to be here. Great. So let's, let's get this kick started. So we'll start with you, Sarwant. Uh, I know you have been successful in automating various aspects of your you know, customer as well as employee journey with conversational AI at Penske. Can you talk to us a bit about what has been your conversational AI journey so far? Absolutely, Sriram. So um, at Penske, uh, you probably know us through our yellow trucks and we love our yellow trucks but uh, we are more than that. 
we deliver innovative transportation and logistic solutions that are vital to the success of the companies and people we serve. So we are in an information intense business with a lot of information getting exchanged. So we started looking at uh, conversational AI back in 2018. Uh, so that's how yeah, long this journey has been. And we were looking for ways to automate the routine and low complexity tasks while increasing the availability of our services. So that's how our journey really started and working with Avamo, uh, by the way, thank you for your partnership. Um, so we implemented a virtual assistant, we called it Erica. And uh, that assistant right now is helping Penske's existing customers to uh, confirm or modify their rental reservations. Uh, for an existing customer, uh, this virtual assistant identifies them by their phone number, and um, it can quickly check whether their reservation is falling in uh, the right window, and if it is not, then it can make recommendations. So we, what we have seen is an improvement in the overall performance of the call center because of this technology. We have implemented other use cases as well at our service desk. And so this journey has been good so far, but with that said, I mean, there are certain challenges. I mean, conversational AI, there is a reason why it is still called an emerging technology. And uh, I think that is, there is more, more, I mean, the future looks very promising, but there is more to be seen. Uh, I think uh, the technology uh, needs to evolve to provide more human-like experience to the users of the technology. Great. Thanks so much. I think that was a very concise summary and it's been a great journey with uh, Penske so far and thanks so on for that. Now, Bonnie, I know, you know, Cargill is somewhat in the earlier phases on conversational AI, but I know you have uh, many years of experience in automating various different kinds of business processes and process automation. Would you be able to talk to us a bit about what your journey has been so far at Cargill? So when I came on board at Cargill, I was um, pretty impressed with the journey that they had already been for RPA specifically. Um, so I consider our RPA capability to be fairly mature. Um, today we have over 200 bots in production and we are scaling at about 50 to 70 per year. Um, so we're constantly finding those opportunities within um, process automation. Uh, we work closely with our process improvement teams um, and, we, and we operate in a federated model. So our team does not complete all of the delivery, uh, but we do provide the platform, we provide the governance framework, and we provide the ongoing support thereafter. Um, but what we are doing today is really expanding our brand image to go beyond, you know, RPA. We're not just an RPA shop. We're in an intelligent automation shop, you know, so that can include document processing, that can include digital signature, uh, cognitive automation, and then least but not last but not least is digital assistance or CAI. And so today we are getting a lot of requests for conversational AI or chatbots specifically. Um, and we're, we're really trying to assist and consult with our partners on, you know, what is your specific need and what are your business requirements? And so we have that consulting group um, as part of the COE as well. That's great. That's fantastic. So, you know, you are right now seeing a lot of interest among various businesses that you're kind of, you know, bringing in 
and kind of you know charting the roadmap for how you're implementing a digital assistant. Great, fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, Sarvan, coming back to you, let's talk about you know large language models, especially ChatGPT and you know GPT four. I know when I talked to you a couple of weeks back, you know you did mention that you know there's a lot of excitement among your business teams. You know there is you know so many new use cases that are coming to the fore. You know businesses are excited about what you know these kinds of chat-based assistants can do. Now what you know you know when you look at this, especially when you're looking at it from an enterprise you know, deployment perspective, a broad-based deployment rather than a specific POC. Where do you think the use cases are for applicability of these kinds of GPT-3, GPT-4, large language model technologies? Yeah, I think Sriram, what we experienced with the launch of ChatGPT was something very, very exciting. Uh, the way I was thinking about it was uh, as if conversational AI had a uh, social network moment almost, right? Uh, I was getting so many emails over the weekend and that generally happens whenever there's a launch of a new technology. I get emails like, hey, what do you think about this technology? Or do you think we are doing something about it? But with chat GPT, it was very different. Uh, and the difference was that uh, people were sharing their experiences. So I think uh, OpenAI deserves some kudos here for making uh, ChatGPT so accessible that people were able to interact with it and then they wanted to share their experiences with their colleagues and friends. So, uh, so this is very, very exciting. I believe uh, ChatGPT is making the job of people like me a lot easier because now we no longer have to explain what conversational AI is, okay. what it can do for you, right? I think we are seeing something similar to what we saw with uh, the social media apps. If you know, uh, you know, people had their mobile phones and they were interacting with these social media apps. And then they starting, started asking the question that why can't my business application work the same way? And the rest is history. Now what we have is an app economy. But what I would also like to highlight is we also have a chat economy, right? We have seen that slowly um, verbal conversations are losing out to chat. And as more Gen Z joins the workforce, I think that pace is going to accelerate. So I believe these are exciting times. Uh, chat GPT definitely has a lot of things in its favor, uh, but like with any great technology, there are benefits and there are risks. And uh, I must say that, um, like I was very excited when one of my business leaders asked that, why can't I have a chat GPT for my business? Um, so, so that's very exciting. But what, what, what's really being said here is that can I have not a virtual assistant, but a virtual analyst for my business? Mm. It's really like having a Bloomberg analyst available to you 24 by 7. Mm. So conversationally, I all of a sudden have to grow up, right, to be this, this analyst. So I think it's very, very exciting. And we are looking at this technology with a lot of excitement. That's great. You know, I think some of the analogies that you make, Sarvant, are like fantastic, which is, you know, you, you know, anybody who has 
kind of skeptical about chatbots is no longer. They're looking yes. at this and saying, hey, if ChatGPT can do this, of course there is value. And the second thing that you said in terms of using, you know, conversation, chat as a kind of a primary medium of interaction where you don't have to learn anything new. And as you said, you know, an analyst for your business where you go in and ask a question and comes back with, a, with an appropriate response. I think that's, that's, that's fantastic. Bonnie, is that the same for you at Cargill? You know, I'm sure there are your businesses who are coming to you and saying, hey, what do you guys think about ChatGPT and the use cases? What, what have you seen at Cargill? Yeah, absolutely. There is definitely a lot of excitement and buzz around ChatGPT um, here at Cargill. Um, you know, one thing, and I don't get all of the questions. Sometimes it comes to our business relationship managers um, who are, you know, kind of those IT partners that work directly with the business. Um, but there are two, um, it's not, today it's not an officially used uh, tool at Cargill. Um, we have a very, uh, very strict standards um, around uh, bringing tools in. And so we have to go through our risk and compliance group uh, to get approval to bring anything new in. And um, so two of the challenges that we have seen with ChatGPT, and I actually was just at a, um, an advisory board meeting in New York City a couple of weeks ago and had this same conversation with different companies that were at the table. Um, there's two, two large challenges with that particular tool. One is data accuracy. Um, and uh, there was an example where someone had asked the question of, well, can you put an essay together for me about, and it was a historical uh, fact about a Navy ship. And then there was a, uh, a, a piece of information from a fictional book about a Navy ship. And the tool was not able to differentiate between fact and fact and fiction, yep. and so that was kind of that was a red flag. Um, so I'd say data accuracy is definitely one challenge that we see with that tool. The other is cybersecurity, and Cargill being a food manufacturing and and uh, food transportation company, we have a lot of confidential data around our vendors and our customers, and so we certainly don't want to be um, accidentally putting confidential information out to the public via those training models, yeah. right? And so those are the kind of the two uh, challenges that we see with the tool today. Um, I think, you know, it's great if people want to experiment and see, you know, the different capabilities that it has. I know it's a very powerful tool. Um, my thinking is that it's going to be at least 12 months uh, before we see some updates to data accuracy and cybersecurity to be able to bring that in-house. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think this is this is a common theme that we are seeing. You know, there's a lot of excitement, but there are obviously, you know, Sarvant alluded to the challenges, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, they are, right? You know, hallucination is, is, is a big challenge, you know, the accuracy part. You know, there is a lot of, lot of those kinds of challenges. Now, Sarvant, you know, you, you probably, you know, looked at this from the lens of security and compliance. What is kind of, you know, and, and, and obviously PII data is, is an important thing too. You know, what is your view on, you know, what if, if you were to talk to vendors like us and say, listen, you know, as an enterprise, we are looking at this and we can see the potential, but for you as a VAMO to bring a technology like this as a part of your platform, 
What are the things that you would advise companies like us to look at? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I really liked what Bonnie said, and I totally agree. I mean, cybersecurity is at the top of not just the CIO's mind, but on CEO's mind as well, right? So it's definitely a top concern. Uh, so definitely the things we talked about, hallucination, handling of PII data, those are important concerns. So the way I look at it is whether it is an LLM like ChatGPT or any other model, accuracy, model drift, are these things, are, these things are very important and we have to solve those things. I would say anomaly detection is going to be very important. And if there is a way in the platform in which we can configure for risk tolerance, I think that's going to be the key because the risk tolerance is not consistent across various business functions and process areas, yeah. right? So in a platform which is offering GPT, chat GPT kind of capabilities, um, I believe uh, traceability, explainability, anomaly detection, and configurability, right? Maybe I'll just talk about these four things yeah. are going to be very, very important. I mean, we must be able to see that in an interaction, what really happened, why a particular response was provided, uh, and uh, the business rules we put together, uh, were those applied? And uh, are there recommendations to tweak some of those so that we can continue to improve the accuracy and keep delivering a better experience. Um, and I would say requirements around handling of PII, uh, compliance requirements, I mean, those are table stakes. Without that, no implementation, at least in an environment setting uh, or uh, an uh, enterprise setting can move forward. That's, that's, that's fantastic. That's great information. And, and, and just to kind of, you know, we've been looking at this technology very closely for, you know, for many months now, and Avamo is excited to be launching our Avamo GPT pretty soon. And we really are thinking about this really as, you know, large enterprises like, like yourselves are looking at this technology and saying, you know, this is exciting. I really want to open up. I want to have all my businesses use this, but what I really need is in some sense, some kind of a, uh, of a mini firewall for the lack of a better word, right? And we are really thinking of that as that, which is providing for a firewall that does three things for you. One, any data that is going in and out is there is PII protection. We are able to identify PII information. We are able to identify sensitive information and we are able to mask it or we are able to kind of you know, change it to something else so that the information is pr protected. The second thing that you said is audit, right? How do you have full audit capability of what's going in and out so that you basically are ensuring that you know the information that your that your security team needs is, is always there? And the third thing is this reinforcement learning, right? I think we you mentioned this around the last time we talked about it, is you know any kind of information that you know enterprises want to put forth, don't want any surprises. You want to make sure that your experts are validating some of this. So this is the area of reinforcement learning that we are bringing in, in as well, so that any question, yeah, as Bonnie was saying, you know, it doesn't come back and give some random response. It's vetted and validated by the expert. You'd rather, as an enterprise, you'd rather have the assistant say, I don't know, rather than providing for incorrect responses or even worse, 
you know, responses that are, you know, are, are inappropriate, right? And that can have significant enterprise consequences. So those are things that we are absolutely looking at. And, you know, it's great to hear that, you know, the, that, that you are thinking of it in the same way. Now, Bonnie, coming back to you for a second, let's talk briefly about, you know, I know you're, you've, you've gone and you've kind of, you know, looked at various different use cases. Can you talk to us a bit about what does conversational AI roadmap look like for, for Cargill? What are the kinds of things that you're planning to accomplish in the next 12, 18 months? Yeah, so the first goal that we have is internally. Um, so one of the one of the big opportunities that we have at Cargill is uh, with order management. And um, so we have many different order management processes. Um, we have different order management systems. We have many, many customer service reps. Um, and and what is happening is quite often the order management questions that are coming from customers are through email. And, um, you know, email by management by email is, is just not an efficient way to do business. Um, and so sometimes it can take days, you know, several business days and a customer service rep or CSR touching um, up to 10 different screens to get the answer back to the customer. And that's just not good customer experience. And so um, we're first looking at how can we improve our internal processes and help our CSRs get the information back to the customer or back to the vendor. Um, the second goal that we would potentially be looking at, um, which has not been approved yet today, but how can we offer this externally so that a customer can just go on, you know, maybe an app and put their question in um, and then be able to get their answer without having the intervention of a CSR. And so those would be, you know, kind of the two main goals that we're looking at. But again, you know, uh, cybersecurity is definitely one of our primary um, pri primary priorities. Uh, it, it, you, you mentioned that I used to be um, in IT audit. And so I put my IT audit hat on. You mentioned SOC 2 audits. I actually have conducted SOC 2 audits. And so when I think of, you know, what are the different pillars of control that we need to have in place, whether it is RPA or whether it's OCR or chatbots, um, it's, it's, it, it's access management, it's change management, incident management, and then backup and recovery. And so I always have those four pillars of security on the back of my mind whenever we're looking at a new platform. And so when we were um, looking at Avamo, you know, cybersecurity controls was something that we definitely dug into and something that we were, you know, I think fairly pleased with, um, with, with this product. Cool. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's, that's great. So auto management and automating auto barriers, it's, it's a great use case. Uh, Sarwad, I know there is, there is a bunch of use cases at Penske. You know, we started off on the contact center side of the fence. You know, we did kind of, you know, in some sense, auto management, but basically these are more customers calling into 1-800-PENSKY and confirming their orders and managing the orders and, you know, integrating with your order management system. You know, tell me a bit more about what are the, what are the other use cases that you're looking at, you know, as you kind of, you know, expand the technology usage within Penske. Uh, you are in mute, so. 
sorry about that. You know, how can we, how can we have a meeting without at least one time saying someone is muted these days? Yeah. So we, um, we at Penske have a broader uh, perspective on AI because for us, conversational AI is part of the broader AI umbrella. And the way I would like to answer this question is that, uh, you know, how we make decisions within our business. So our business is built on three core values, commitment to our customers, dedication to excellence, and then innovative thinking. And uh, these values guide majority of our decisions around our initiatives. So uh, I'll share that we have very successfully implemented AI to reduce, say, the repair time for our trucks. And in some cases, we can predict a maintenance event before there is a need. Uh, and that has increased uptime for our customers. Uh, and as I was previously mentioning that we have implemented conversational AI to enhance the experience of our rental uh, you know, customers. So we have, we have a fleet of more than 400,000 trucks, more than 40,000 associates and thousands and thousands of customers. So there's a lot of information exchange happening between all these entities. So our goal is to make every experience a better experience. Uh, can we totally transform uh, a process using something uh, like a conversational AI? So that's how we are looking at it. Specifically, call centers is a very logical area for us to start. And as Bonnie was mentioning, uh, we have the exact same uh, situations uh, in certain cases. So that's that's an area we are definitely looking at that can we uh, automate or maybe completely transform the way these email requests come in. Uh, we're also looking at, as I was mentioning previously, that uh, chat GPT for business. So that's a, that's a grand vision. Uh, I'm not sure when uh, the technology will be there, but that's how I would like to specify this, that I do not believe that there's a demand side of problem with conversational AI. Yeah. Demand exists. What we have is a supply side problem. And as uh, the technology will mature, I think we'll see more and more uh, adoption. Fantastic. This is really, you know, really a great discussion, folks. You know, thank you so much for your time sharing your views on conversational AI, GPT, and your future roadmap. Really appreciate, you know, both of you getting on and, and talking to us about it. Thank you so much. Thank Pleasure. You.